Hey, it's George and Jess. Your journey of self-discovery starts here. All right, Jess is in Nashville, and as promised, I'm going to keep the train rolling. John from JP Fitness is back, and you brought a guest. I do. I've got a guest, um, someone that actually has been here my whole life. Mm-hmm. You, you guys have known each other like your whole life? My whole life. Did you guys yeah. go to school together? Yeah. What I, is it about this community like that? I, I find um, that all the she's time. She's actually my older sister. Are you really? Yeah. 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 Get out. <laughs> yeah. Get out. I'm really? the youngest. My Like I said before, my parents got it right. They were excited. <laughs> I was the last one. I, this is awesome. <laughs> I did not know this. This is cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep. So my name is Danica. I'm John's older sister. Um, oldest. Oldest sister. Uh, Does he give you a hard time with that? Oh my gosh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, but the best part about this is one day we were at like hooligans and the, the bartender um, looked at us and she said, are you guys twins? And it like hurt John's pride so much. Um, so anyways, I'm his oldest sister and I am here today to talk about nutrition and holistic health and health coaching specifically at JP Fitness. Could you move that microphone just a little bit closer? Yes. There you go. There you go. That's perfect. And uh, that with nutrition is such an important part, right? I mean, you told me that mm-hmm. when I met with you a little over a year ago, right? It was a year ago, yeah. two weeks. A year, a year ago, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And a lot of people don't understand that. And people struggle with that, right? Oh, people struggle a lot with what they eat. And we eat so many times a day that um, it has a big impact on your overall health. So when you say we eat so many times a day, it's because I hear a lot of guys like, okay, break, break your look at, get your macros together, right? And eat four or five times a day versus three big meals. So is that a bad idea? It's not necessarily a bad idea. It like everything we'll talk about today, it really depends on the person and your lifestyle. Right. Um, For some people eating three meals and allowing your body time to digest in between might work best. But for some people who maybe digest a little bit faster, um, having four or five meals might work best. I have a question for you. And you might, before we even get going, is it consume one gram of protein per pound of body weight? Is that what you were telling me, John? That's what some of the new research has Right, and that seems, I hear that everywhere, right? I've preached that before for sure, but (laughs) I I also know that my sister and I don't always have the same viewpoint on this. (laughs) Right, but can your, here's the question I have. If I consume 100 grams of protein in one meal, is my body even gonna process that? Is it, am I, or would it be better to have two meals with 50? Well, I would probably say that it's better to have two meals with 50. Right. Um, but it's not necessarily a terrible thing. I also think that most people get more protein than what they need, but there's also a matter of quality of protein. Um, and if you're eating the same type of protein repeatedly, then you may be missing some other essential amino acids. Um, so variety is a big piece of that too. What's what's quality protein versus protein that's not quality. Sure. So we were talking a little bit before we started about red meat versus chicken. Sure. Um, Quality protein would be something that your body can digest well and that helps you feel good when you're done eating it. Um, So for some people, eating red meat might make them feel a little sluggish and tired. I think most people feel (laughs) right. We can say that. We can say, yeah. Yep. And there's definitely a ton of nutrients in red meat. Um, It's not a bad thing to eat, but there may be other proteins that serve your body better. 
There are proteins that have fiber included in their package. Like if you eat protein from beans that also includes fiber, that might help you digest better and that might help you feel like you have more energy afterwards. Does that stuff digest quicker? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know that I can answer that like could, in a yes or no. Because they, they say when you're done working out, right, to immediately try to replenish your body. I've mm. said that. I've said yeah. that and within 20 minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, and I always have said that like whey protein seems to be metabolized quicker. And I feel like that's why it's a good viable option. But I don't know what your opinion is. On whey protein specifically. I think with everything we talk about and what actually is kind of a splinter in my side when it comes to nutrition is um, broad recommendations. Everybody is different in the way that they metabolize things and in their lifestyle and can be different day to day. So you might one day have a really stressful morning and if you eat the exact same lunch that you ate yesterday when you like had a nice chill morning, your routine was normal, how that lunch affects you will be different. So it's really hard to say across the board, whey protein is a good thing to have after you work out for everybody. What, would you say that it is better to get your nutrition from whole foods versus protein shakes? Hmm. Um, I would say that, cause I, I honestly, I'll, I'll, to be candid, I don't, I don't do any protein shakes. You don't do protein nope, shakes. I don't. Yep. Well, I would encourage whoever is asking to notice how they feel. Um, I prefer to make a protein shake with whole foods. Okay. So that might be like hemp seeds, some greens, and maybe a healthy fat, like a spoonful of a nut butter or a seed butter, and then a plant-based milk usually, or coconut water. Um, but I have used protein powder in the past to throw into my shakes. If I'm in a rush, it's something simple and quick. And I don't notice a huge difference in how I feel, but really? I would prefer to have whole foods if I have the time. Sure. So when you were talking about, uh, your body processing food different, depending on how you feel or how your day is going, mm -hmm. how do you determine which is the best food to consume? Mm, based on how you're feeling. So, I mean, what do you just things you crave or what? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think, how do you choose the best food to consume? You People who talk about intuitive eating might say that they want to just notice their cravings and to go with that. But sometimes we get tricked into thinking we want something that maybe isn't going to be best for our body. So I guess I would say that in order for you to choose what's going to serve your body right, you have to know what's going on in your body. And this is a lot of kind of new research that's coming out about your nervous system and um, somatic work. So before you eat, if you can get into a calm state, that's going to help your body digest whatever you eat um, really? more optimally. Mm -hmm. So so are you saying it would be good to perhaps meditate and then eat? Or use eating as a meditation, as a moving meditation. Really? Yes. Um, it's, that's why mindful eating has like been big in some circles, because when you slow down and you engage your senses, you smell your food, you look at it, you touch it, that will help you notice when you're full um, because you're eating slower and it will allow your body to kick into your rest and digest. You sound like a registered dietitian because I have a friend mm -hmm. who is, and she talks just like that, right? Mm -hmm. Be like, we eat too much and we yeah. keep eating and eating. She was also like, you're probably dehydrated as well. So if you get some fluid in you, maybe some water with that, you'll fill up quicker, right? Well, and I mm -hmm. think that everyone is always go, go, go. 
and that mentality of like, well, I'm just going to like eat this while I do this quick. And right. no one is thinking about what they're eating or what it's doing or what it's providing for them. And they're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes too. I feel like where it's just like, I just got to get this food in because I haven't eaten anything all day and I'm too busy to take time to actually enjoy my food and understand and listen to my body and what I want. Lots of times I'll tell people if you can pick one meal during the day that that's your slowdown meal and that you don't like watch TV, you don't work on your computer, um, especially with our phones. Like we sit there with our phones sometimes if we're eating quick. You can pick one meal a day and just start there. Sit down, take a couple breaths before you eat, drink a little bit of water, chew slowly. I mean, really, you should chew your food like 20 times um, with every bite. And when you chew, that also releases hormones that help you relax, um, that that can make a huge difference. You know, and then you can move on. It's funny you bring that up because I had a, a, a guy tell me one time that the reason we have our wisdom teeth pulled is because we don't chew our food like we used to. We eat really quickly through evolution. We're talking thousands of years. Yeah. And it was a constant chewing process to break down our food. And so we used them. But we, as we've evolved and our food has become softer and we consume it so fast that we, through evolution, we no longer need them. And that's why they're extracted. And I'm like, you, you bringing that's that up. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you bringing that up. I'm like, maybe that is true. Because I looked at him like, I said, you're crazy. <laughs> but Matt, that does make sense, right? Because yeah. I've, I've heard that, like I said, from a lot of registered dietitians that we really need to be uh, aware of what we're eating and take our time and not just shove food in our mouth to fill the craving, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So if somebody comes into you for health coaching, let's say, let's say they want to put together a proper nutrition plan, where would you even start with them? Mm. Well, a lot of times I start with having them do a food journal and then we'll look at that together. We also look at um, something we call like a, a wheel of health and that actually includes more than just food. We look at environment, um, job satisfaction, relationships, their movement, and um, sleep is another thing that we look at for sure. When we talk about a food plan, I don't do prescriptive food plans for sure. people. That's not really the uh, my focus. But then what I would do is ask people maybe where they think they need to start with making some changes because it's kind of going back to that where I can't tell everybody what you need. I don't know that for you you know what it feels good in your body, what feels like it's not working in your body. And wherever you're the most motivated to change, that's where you will be able to make more changes. Right. Uh, I've found, I have talked to John about this, but like soreness, inflammation, joints, muscles, all of it. If you are conscious of what you're eating, when it comes to anti-inflammatory food, it makes a difference. You may not notice it right away, but if you get far enough in and you're consistently working hard and stressing your muscles, you will notice a difference because you know what I like? I like cake. Mm -hmm. And you know what the problem is? <laughs> I only have cake and I, I'll, I'll save that for like a Saturday night type thing. And if I have cake and ice cream, I love that. And it is a treat, but I will pay for it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that you, your body starts to, I mean, you can literally feel the difference. Mm -hmm. And well, if you stick to a, a like leafy greens and, and salmon and stuff where you'll get those anti-inflammatory properties. And that, com that comes all the way down to a cellular level, right? Because mm. I didn't understand when I heard anti-inflammatory, I'm like, does it really stop swelling? Well, it actually goes all the way in. 
I mean, literally down to each cell. So that's where he starts. And that's the same stuff that feeds a lot of the disease that we wind up with today, right? Right. And when you're talking about that, it sounds to me like a sugar hangover. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And that's a real thing. It is a real thing. I love it. Like when you're talking about being alcohol free and the difference that you feel. Um, I feel like what can kind of come next is some people replace with sugar. That's yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because that it's that dopamine rush, mm-hmm. right? Chocolate or anything like that. It's something that you almost feel like you're giving yourself a reward at night. Mm-hmm. And maybe right? that works for a little while, but then maybe you're doing it too often. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like um, a level down from what alcohol does to your body, but sugar really is an inflammatory if, substance. If you eat food, what about if you eat foods with like natural sugars? Mm-hmm. Like let's say berries mm-hmm. and some of the uh, fruits and stuff like that, right? Because bananas, once they start to ripen, that's got a lot of sugar in it, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't think sugar is bad across the board, even white sugar. I mean, if you're having cake sometimes, that's fine. And so I definitely don't think it's bad to have sugar in fruit, but it will spike your blood sugar. So what's really important is to eat something with the berries. Like if you have full fat yogurt with berries, the fat in the yogurt is going to slow that glucose spike um, in your blood. And that's going to help your energy. Really? Yep. Help your inflammation levels overall. Then you won't have like that glucose crash, but more or less your blood sugar crashing. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I would try to talk about to people too. And, when they're talking about their breakfast and having like a slice of toast or having something that's a little bit more of a processed carb and how that can spike your blood sugar. And then you start to have more of a roller coaster throughout the day of it going ebbing and flowing. And then you start to crave more of those carb heavy, if you will, snacks throughout the middle of the day, because maybe you're getting kind of ornery and you're like, well, I need my, I need my blood uh, sugar or my, yeah, I need that to come up. And so then you start to create something more of, of a carb that you maybe wouldn't normally have. It's funny that you're bringing this up because just last week, for a week, I wore one of these Dexcom. Mm-hmm. You have you can get that. It's like by prescription only. But oh, yeah. I have a friend. <laughs> so you, I, you can actually get them like through levels. Really? A continuous glucose monitor. It was yeah. insane. So he, he was like, put this on and it, it went right to my phone, right? Yep. And now watch just so you can learn. And I, there was a lot of things I learned, like like carbohydrates and stuff are processed and broken down into sugar form, right? Mm-hmm. So to as I consumed foods throughout the day, paying attention to what happened every time I ate certain foods, it was an educational experience. I got frustrated with it mm-hmm. because it, I mean, this thing would actually run an insulin pump, right? Mm-hmm. If I If I was diabetic, but I was just watching to see, but it kept alert, alert, alert. I'm like, what the, mm-hmm. but- you know, after looking at the graph for a week, he's, you, have a, you have a healthy pancreas. I can tell you that because that's what regulates all that, right? Mm-hmm. But it was very interesting to watch that. And I didn't know that when you eat bread mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that breaks, that's sugar, mm-hmm. right? When it, your body converts that, right? So it's just, it was strange. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so when you asked about like berries and other fruits, if you eat a handful of nuts with that, then that can help mitigate that spike. Really? And there are two other hacks that I love to tell people about for this. If you eat your greens first, um, so if you eat really any kind of vegetables, but especially leafy green vegetables, before you eat your protein and your carb, you will reduce your um, glucose spike after a meal. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so perfect. You just, when Domino's has that salad, you just get the salad, you finish that off and then you go into the pizza. Eat the whole pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, within reason, but I mean, honestly, that's true. You don't have to give up every food that you enjoy, right. but you can, um, again, mitigate those negative effects that it could have. The other one, and this is interesting because it was considered woo for a while. There wasn't good science to back it up. If you drink a tablespoon of I use apple cider vinegar in water before you eat your meal. That will also reduce your blood sugar spike. Now that stuff, you, when you say apple cider vinegar, it's got to be this stuff with like what they call the mother. The mother. Right. Well, that's what I've always thought um, and what I've been told. But recent research says you can even use white vinegar. It's the acetic really? acid in the vinegar. Mm -hmm. Wow. So take a tablespoon of that. But let's say, because this isn't that acidic on your teeth though. Yep. So some people say drink it with a straw. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, you'll you might like getting into it a little bit because some people make a mocktail with it, and then you could sip that and then have your meal. I yeah, I could totally see that. Mm -hmm. I do. There's by the way, there's a really a lot of good non-alcoholic beverages like botanical st stuff that's mm -hmm. coming out now. Again, not in our town because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, and I've talked about this. But you are starting to see some of it, like Cork and Key up on uh, Madison here. Yep. Occasionally, we'll we'll have some stuff in there, but it's a growing movement. There's not even a question. That yeah. store downtown, um, the gift shop. Oh yeah. They have yes, uh, yeah. Hazelkin. Hazelkin. Yes. Yeah, they. She does a great job. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that, right? Yeah. But she does a fantastic job. And uh, is it Sweet Haven Tonics? Do you know yep. anything about her? She has great stuff too. You can mix that up with just club soda or tonic or whatever. And it just, it, it, it's a good alternative to a cocktail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, it's interesting. I did not. And back to the, something you caught in my ear with whole fat yogurt. Oh yeah. Is better than nonfat. Mm, better in the sense that your blood sugar will not spike as quickly or as high because the fat is going to buffer that it takes longer to break down. And as long as it's, um, a quality yogurt. Give so, me an example. Oh, I love to use Faye. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, Stonyfield is pretty good. Okay. And if you're getting plain, so it almost tastes like sour cream. Yep. And then you add your berries. That adds a little bit of flavor. If you put a little bit of honey on top for a yep. little more sweetness, that's a little more sugar. Um, yes, full fat's the way to go. Even 2% fat would that, be better. You know what? That sounds like that would be like a good evening snack versus... A handful of Hershey's Kisses yeah. <laughs> or a bowl of cereal. Or a bowl of ice cream. Right. Yep. Right. And even an afternoon snack. I love it for an afternoon snack. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'll have to try that. Yeah. Usually between like lunch and dinner. I like that because it's, if I'll put some honey on it so that it's got a little bit sweeter, but. Do you, like. are you, are you familiar with intermittent fasting? Mm -hmm. Is that, does that work or is it just limited calorie intake? Is that what it comes down to? I don't think it always comes down to that because I think some people who um, advocate for intermittent fasting are having a large meal for their first meal, which would be calorie heavy. Yeah. But most of the research has been done on men. So it's not something that I would just across the board recommend to everybody. Sure. Um, and especially women who are going through hormonal changes in life. Are we talking like late 30s up to about 50? Yep. <laughs> right. Then then they would really want to be aware of how that's having them feel and um and to stop if it's not feeling good. Right. Wow. But it can be okay I think for people who wake up and they're not feeling super hungry, 
you don't have to eat right away. And it kind of comes down to lifestyle too. When we talk about if you're rushing out the door to go to work and you know, you have to eat something. So you just eat something that might not be serving you very well. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I, when I started working out, John, you remember that we had this conversation. I yeah. don't like to eat a lot. I get up, drink a bunch of water and I started working out, but I found this. <laughs> if I get up now, like this morning, I got up, got the kids ready, got them off to school, and I had a, a cup of egg whites, and I had a handful of this granola fruit berry mix that I have, and then a banana, and I wait about 30, 45 minutes before I go to the gym, hit the treadmill for about 15 minutes, and, and I have found that getting that food in my system an hour before I'm actually starting to lift benefits me greatly. Yeah. So getting, and I don't know if it's that extra 25 grams of protein just to start the day, but man, my energy level through the workout, even though, and it doesn't bother me as much. I just had to learn to give myself a little window between there, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe an hour between all of it and then keep moving. Don't mm -hmm. eat and sit down, mm -hmm. right? If you keep moving while you're like running around the house, being out in the yard, do whatever. But, and then if I go, go to the gym about an hour after I eat quality, quality protein, right? Good stuff. It does help me. Nice. And I think it, I think it helps. We always talk about like to add muscle, right? To build. Yep. I've, I think that, and then at the end of the day, when I look at my, my numbers, I'm like, oh yeah, I did get that extra 25, 30 in this morning as well. Mm -hmm. So it does, it's weird, right? Yeah. Because I can do a lot. I got up earlier this week and did five hours out in the yard without eating anything. And I, I had a lot of energy, but I wasn't lifting heavy weights. Right. Right. So yeah, it was a different kind. It was a different kind of energy. So that works, but yeah, I, I breakfast my whole life. I didn't, I stayed away from until well, I said the last six months and now I, I make it a regular part. I love what you're talking about because um, you're experimenting with your own body and you're also being open to the fact that as your life changes and what you're doing in your life, that can affect how you eat and it might not always be the same. So what worked for you a few years ago might not be working for you now. Right. And that's the open mind everybody needs to keep when it comes to food and this approach of I'm going to see how this works for me. We don't just take information that we hear um, from on a podcast or- sure on the radio and say, well, they said that it's good for me to do this. So I need to do this. Right. Yeah, everyone's looking for that answer, like the the secret pill, right? The magic mm -hmm. pill that's going to make everything work. And I think when we met, I even mentioned that to you and we talked about it because you asked me that question. And for me, I'm like, if I get my workout in the morning, I haven't eaten anything. And then usually I start my day out with, you know, I do like the protein shake after my workout and that's where my day starts. And it depends though, you know, if it's a weekend and I'm not up super early, like the four or 5 a.m., then maybe I have my breakfast and then I go work out. So yeah, it all changes. And even like my meal prep, I feel like has changed in the last year or two because of my lifestyle and what I feel like and what I don't want. So it's being intuitive to that, but taking the information you're learning and hearing here today or any other time you're listening to a podcast or something else on it and seeing what works for you. In year two, I want to meal prep. That's gonna be, I think, one of the, the additional steps because I, the guys that I know that once you get over that hump and it, this is a regular part of your life, the guys that do that make greater progress. I will say that I've learned, and it's just like because, because for I think I've narrowed it down to this reason: you get caught in a tight spot, and you're going to wind up eating junk. 
It yep. happens. I hate that, right? Because you know you're going to pay for it, mm-hmm. but you're hungry and there's just something like what's available. I'm out running around or I'm in the cities or something like that, and I don't have time to necessarily go s- seek out a healthy alternative. Man, and there's nothing worse than that feeling because you know you're you're satisfying your hunger immediately. And then you realize an hour or two later, like, God dang it. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, look, I, the way you feel, right? <laughs> yeah. But meal prepping, if you're going to be, if you're looking to make improvements, right? I think that that does help, especially just around the house. Mm-hmm. Jess and I have talked about that. How many times do we both get home late after a, 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 just a, a busy day? Like, what are we going to have for supper? And you look for something quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pizza. And, and decision fatigue is a real thing. Um, if you make a lot of decisions during the day and then by the end of the day, you don't have something already planned to eat, you don't want to spend the time thinking about it. You're just right, going right. to choose what, what's quick and easy. Yeah. Do, you, do you map out a menu for your family on a weekly basis? It, um, most of the time. If really? It's a good week. I do yeah. because for me, that stresses me out. If sure. somebody turns to me at 6 p.m. and goes, what's for dinner? Or yes. the kids are texting me from school, like what's for yeah. dinner? I am starting to panic and get angry if I don't already have that planned out. This is um, a good opportunity because we haven't talked about your background much. Um, so it'd be a good opportunity yeah. to, to share your background, maybe about your family a little bit too. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But, um, well, so I have five kids. And they range from. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. If, if I would have got started earlier, I would have had 50 kids. My wife would tell you a different story. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, they're also different. I they're love lots them. of fun. I, lo- I just love kids. So it's yeah. like, you know, we have two, which is because I got a later start in life. That's going to be the end. But I, I love, that's awesome that you have a big family. Yep. And they usually have a friend over. We have a bustling household. My Our oldest is 16 and then my youngest is five. So there's also quite a range here, different eating habits. um, So that can be a little bit stressful. Um, I grew up in the area. I grew up eating a standard American diet. So we kind of talked about a lot of red meat, deep fried food. Our parents owned a bar and restaurant. So we had access to um, pop, candy bars, pizza, deep fried foods, chips, chips. Um, And that manifested in me having a lot of digestive issues. I was diagnosed with IBS. I had acne. Um, I held on to extra weight and just this general feeling of not being comfortable in my body. And I ended up dieting, kind of yo-yo dieting, like a lot of people do, hopping on a fad diet, feeling good for a while. And then when you go off of it, you go back to your old habits and then yeah. not feeling good again. I remember you guys doing the South Beach diet. That's the one that, that was, I thought of. Yeah. That South one always looked like we had the book. It was like a blue cover. Mom would always talk about it. I was, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so did all that. And then in my early 20s, I um, made an overnight change to a plant-based diet after I read a book about the effects it could have on your health. And I had three kids or two kids at that point. So I took everything out of the house, like um, milk, ice cream, cheese, and any meats. And we just switched to a plant-based diet. And the changes blew me away. And I'm not exaggerating here. My skin cleared up. People were constantly telling me, like, your skin looks so good. It was probably about 10 pounds that my body was holding on to that it was able to just let go of. I wasn't doing any special exercise really other than walking and some yoga. Um, and my IBS symptoms cleared up. That's a, that specifically comes up a ton. It used to be just, I mean, it was like, oh, you're middle-aged women, right? But now it's guys and everything. And that, is that must be some something to do with our diet, right? Yeah, I definitely think digestive it, issues. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Diet, and I, th- I think stress too. You mm-hmm. know, when we talk about it. Like, 
when you're when you're saying when you eat a meal and how you're feeling when you have that meal and then eat that same meal but with a different mindset how that meal has an effect because you do have a, a nervous system lying in your digestive tract and that can completely change how you digest the food that you had at that one time towards another. So mm -hmm. I do think mindset and stress plays a big role in that too. And I'm going to go ahead and call out dairy here a little bit. We put cheese on everything. Yes, we do. Um, we put yeah. cream is in a lot of sauces. Macaroni and cheese is like really good and everybody likes it. But um, after a certain age, we really don't, have the same ability to break down lactose as we did when we were younger. Um, and people don't know that because it's so embedded in our culture that we rely on dairy for taste and um, for a lot of our regular meals that we eat. And that can be a big contributor to digestive issues. For sure. I think the lactose intolerance is huge because I we switched, obviously, with the young kids and they still want it for cereal and everything else. But just going to just fair life and that lactose free game changer. That is incredible, right? I, I, most people have, and if you try that stuff, by the way, I didn't, I didn't notice the difference. And I grew up with a dad, you know, he, my dad was an electrician, construction guy, right? So it was meat and potatoes and milk every single yeah. night, right? So yeah, that's it was ours or it was deep fried food. It was like anytime, <laughs> anytime we didn't have dinner, I'm like, sweet, I'm going up to the. I don't understand that when you tell me that because I look at you and I've seen pictures. Of you. I've known you since you were younger. I'm like, how the hell could? There's no way you maintain that physique. Well, remember when I said like my parents <laughs> stopped because I was a specimen. I was able to handle all of these things, and it was just crazy that I was able to do that. I was like, I was like, you've been, you've been fit your whole life. I'm like. Yeah, John I'm, was skinny. Was, you did, yeah, you, yeah. but you, you did tell me that. Yeah, that, I, that was that was kind of a complex for me actually because my sisters did give me a hard time for being very skinny. And <laughs> I don't know about that, but also I Maybe think you're a high Megan. a high metabolism a high metabolism. Yeah, and a lot of people with asthma actually are higher metabolizers. Yeah, and one Kelly, you know, has been listening to a lot of different things and, and reading up on it because our son Romy, who's three, he has been diagnosed like with asthma, so now it affects him greatly because he is so small right now. Um, and it talks about how it's harder though as a, we get older from being on these um, prednisone and mm -hmm. being on albuterol. How much harder it is to lose body fat? Does he use that already? He doesn't use prednisone, but he, oh, I guess he does have a steroid inhaler, and I'm not sure what the steroid is. It might be a prednisone. Is asthma hereditary? Mm -hmm. I think so. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And so, um, yeah, he's got albuterol and especially like, it's funny if he gets it, I know I get it. Or if I'm feeling it, I know he gets it. And especially like the change of season, like, sure. you know, it was golfing yesterday and someone hit a tree. I probably, I mean, I hit a couple too, but it hit <laughs> it and you just saw the pollen come right mm. off the tree. Yeah. It was oh, like yeah. dust. Oh yeah. And it was like, yep, here we go. Yep. I know I'm going to have to probably use my inhaler maybe once a week or so. And I'll, I'll notice it for sure. Right. But it's worse when I. If I have alcohol, I notice that it definitely flares up my have asthma. You, have you tried going an extended period with no, with just not, no drinking? Um, when I did my physique show, I went 12 weeks without really? drinking. And um, I, I've gone, I hit, hit, hit or miss probably um, two or three months really? without drinking. And 
now I definitely have, I know I definitely have a better relationship with it. If I drink now, I, you know, Danica and I went and, um, to the golf club to uh, kind of talk business and have dinner. And I had one drink there sure. and, you know, like I was right. able to have one and, and be done. And so you and you and I are in that same thing, but there's, it's weird. Cause and I think I've never been able to put my finger on it, but I think that we're all genetically predispositioned to, to approach that different because all through my career, after 30 years of it being a, a pretty staple part of my life, there was a bunch of us that could just set it down and be like, ah, I'm going to try it. There's, and there's guys and not because they're, they're, they're less of a person, but they can't do it. No. Right. So mm -hmm. it gets some, there's something in people where you don't know if you're going to be one of those people that can just set it down or not. No. I mean, it's just weird. Well, and it's it's one of those things that I've always tried to hold true. It's like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do yeah, it. Right. And yeah. that's where where it was for me. Where when we did the physique show, and there were people, especially because when you know I was 22 at the time, and they're like, "Oh, there's no way," and it was like almost like, "Okay, now you've challenged me to right. do it, and now I'm going to do it just because of that too." Because mm -hmm. that 12 week prep for something like that, from just some of the guys that I follow, I'm like, that's seriously that's some dedication there. It is. It's tough. It, wow. It's, it's um, challenging, you know, mentally yeah. for sure. Um, do I agree with everything I did during that 12 weeks? Probably not. You know, towards the last couple of weeks, it was maybe not the healthiest. And I think I have some setbacks because of that. Um, but you know, it, it, there are some good things you learn right. too. Like, okay, I can go 12 weeks without drinking. I don't right. need to have that. And it's not something that I need to use for a stress release. Right. Right. Stress release. I mean, how big of a part of that how big of a part of all of this is stress? It's huge. And people's do you think, do you think it sounds crazy <laughs> when people say that America has a mental health crisis? I don't think that's I crazy. Don't, I don't think it's yeah, crazy either, no. right? No, not at all. Well, and it's, I mean, John alluded to this a little bit ago. We're always on the go in this fast paced lifestyle and we're all interconnected. We have access to everything all the time. It's really hard to force yourself to take a step away and to just turn it off. And that's, um, that's how we get into our parasympathetic nervous system and our body can rest and digest. And everybody wants to be productive all the time. And we don't think of rest as productive, but we, when we were talking before we started recording, rest is productive. It will allow you to do more if you take the time to rest. And if you can think about a time um, when you've been stressed and how that affects if you eat something that makes you feel good, or if you eat something that's not very good for you, but it will give you some kind of an immediate release from your stress, right. like a candy bar, or if you a drink, an alcoholic drink, if that's what you're looking for. Um, and again, it also will affect your digestion. And in order for us to get the nutrients out of the food to build health in our body, we have to be able to digest it well. Right. Yeah. Stress is a huge thing. We get that comes up a lot with Jess and I on our podcast. And now I think going back to the pandemic during that time, a lot of people, you know, when they called it the great resignation, just a lot of people figured out what they were doing in life was detrimental to their well being. And that I'm talking about their occupation, right? It just consumed so much of them that, and they were unhappy. And I'm like, dude, you can't live your whole life like that. If you go through, if you are doing that every day, until you're 65 and or whenever, right? And just looking to get to that point, you're just wasting your life. And I think a lot of people realized that. I know there's a lot of employers that are like, don't say that, don't say that. But I'm like, listen, you can still have a, you know, a, a good relationship, work-life balance, yep. you know, they always talk about. That's so important. Mm -hmm. I, I, we, 
that discussion comes up all the time. And uh, that's, I think, one of the big stressors in America right now is a lot of people, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. And that's, they're not really happy with what they're doing. And they're doing what everybody thinks they should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Versus making themselves happy. Mental health is a big thing, mm-hmm. right? It really is. Well, and employers really need to start taking a look at how to build a culture that, yes, yeah, that does agree. provide work-life balance and that doesn't reward people for being in this hyper-productive state where I didn't even eat my lunch or I'm right. eating my lunch while I'm doing my work so I can show you that I'm doing right. more than everybody else. That that needs to not be rewarded. Right. I know. I, I, yeah. I, there's, I'm not without giving examples, but I see a lot of that all the time. I do. It's, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just don't take that time. You know, the rest... I, I've learned this, and I mean, you follow some of the guys that are really serious about this, especially health and fitness. That's when you get better. That's when you grow. If that's your if that's your goal, is to get bigger. If you're a guy or whatever, to get stronger, to have better endurance, your body, everything that you do, all that maintenance, it all comes together, and all the fruition is when while you're sleeping. When getting quality rest, right? Yep. That's when your body repairs itself and you kind of get up and you're ready, get ready to go again. Yeah. Cause so many people, I mean, it's go, it's that go, 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 go lifestyle. Right. So yeah, I think rest is one of the big things, but nutrition going back to that guy, you brought something up and I was, I made a mental note and because I'm 50, I forgot, <laughs> but it, uh, Do you hear a lot about the low carb lifestyle? Mm. Do you? Mm. I do. Because when I when I came and seen you, I was like, well, another thing is the scale. I don't yeah. even get on a scale anymore. I don't either. I no. can't even I, tell you the last time. I, that was one of the things I just learned to get rid of. Mm-hmm. It's just look at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. See how your clothes fit mm-hmm. and your body composition will change, mm-hmm. right? Which is really weird. Mm-hmm. But the low carb, <clears throat> I mean, you hear that all the time. You got to watch the carbs, watch mm-hmm. the carbs. And it's got this parroting effect. Like, I mean, around the office, I hear people say it or like, oh, I'm going to be naughty and have these carbs. And it's kind of toxic to talk that way because carbohydrates have a place in your diet. Um, they're not all bad, depending, on, again, on what you're going through. Some people with a medical diagnosis will remove carbs and that that's a therapeutic diet for them. And that's fine. But for a regular person, it's okay to eat carbohydrates. And I would focus on, again, quality. Um, If you're eating grains, I would try to eat whole grains. Um, And, I mean, fruit has carbohydrates in it, and that's okay too. Right, right. Again, trying to pair that with a protein and a healthy fat when you're eating a carbohydrate will keep the effects to your blood sugar lower. Right. Or it will keep them less bad. Here's a call. Here's, I just remembered what I was going to ask you. Okay. You have five kids. Yeah. Right? We have two. All of the bad habits that my oldest <laughs> has, because your, your younger siblings, right, watch that. Like, they have different palates, but observing the older sibling and just wanting to mimic that behavior is it drives me nuts because I know for a fact that she likes a lot of things, but if she see that he'll turn to turn up his nose at it and not eat it, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden she's, how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, that's probably a phase. Um, I guess as long as 
the parents, the adults are still modeling the good behavior and that you're still making the foods that you want her to eat available. Yes. That's kind of the approach we take. As long as the food is out there and that you're eating the food and that she sees that and you can't really control the other child's behavior, you might just have to deal with it for a year or two. Right. Do you, what about, do, is it, it with your kids, is it you eat what we prepare mm. or you don't eat at all? Is, is that it? Do you, do you have that? Because I that's the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to put food on the table. If you don't want it, then don't eat it. But you're going hungry because I'm not going to make something special for you. Yeah. If you're a parent and you have to feed kids, I think that's one of the most stressful things. It to is. Do. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts, too. So most of the time, that's my that. approach. I do have one. So you said that your youngest is six. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of this age where they can be a little bit weird about food, where they're thinking that they don't like things that they used to like, or they're worried about trying foods. It's a little bit late for that, but I've got a seven-year-old who does that and he's small. Um, so if he's not going to eat what I made and that's not happening, I would rather not fight with him and cause like food to be this reason that we fight sure. and say to him, you know, if you want to go make yourself a peanut butter sandwich and that's what you're going to eat tonight after he sat at the table with us for maybe like 10 minutes while we all eat a nice meal, then he can make himself a peanut butter sandwich and I'm not going to stress about it. Our, well, our six-year-old will eat anything. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's her, mm-hmm. it's our 11 year old. And I'm like, well, has the ship sailed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like, is, is it all, is, it, there's, is there no turning back? Because for example, and I think, well, she's inherited a lot of like the things that I like, right? She's, I don't, again, it goes back to this, can you inherit? I don't know. Maybe you can. I kind of think so. She likes fish. Mm. She'll eat salmon. She's six, right? Awesome. She'll eat salmon. She'll eat olives. She eats all of these weird things. And she doesn't like frosting on cake. She doesn't like things that are too sweet like that. Mm-hmm. He's polar opposite of that. Mm. Doesn't want anything healthy. <clears throat> He'll eat pizza. And I mean, do you understand? That's all. Yes. He'll live off that. Yes. He'll live off macaroni and cheese and pizza. That is like he, my two kids. Exactly. I'm like, the no. The older one is the same as your older one. Well, the two boys I'm talking about. And then the younger boy will eat anything and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and, I, and I'm like, this is great, but I don't want her to develop <laughs> those habits. Right. Right. So it's like, how, how do you stop that? Cause I don't want to separate people. No, I don't want to separate the family. I mean, we're all going to sit down and we're going to eat, but man, <laughs> that this this getting everybody on the same page and i try to explain listen if you want to get bigger and stronger and you want to run fast like mm-hmm. faster like some of the guys you play football with and all that you got to fuel your body with the right food mm-hmm. right and tr- i'm thinking that will encourage mm-hmm. it hasn't happened yet yeah <laughs> right? it, it'll sink in i think that i do the same thing um and sometimes it's like, okay, I'll eat a couple pieces of broccoli or I'll eat a couple pieces of cauliflower or whatever, but you, you just got to do what you can do. And it sounds like you're doing exactly what you can. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and because honestly, and it goes back to this, not every kid has the opportunity to sit down and have a quality meal every night. And why don't you appreciate it? Right. Exactly. But you can't get that into kids' heads. Yeah. You, you can't. Like, you sound like my dad right it's, now. Well, I'm it's sure. the honest to God truth yeah. though. Right. I'm like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. I'd say we have the challenging with that, with, with our oldest and he's a teenager. Yeah. I'm just thinking in that phase and being a teenage boy, you're, you know, you're growing your hormones. It's like he can just shovel in anything. And mm. it has, I think it has an effect on, you know, some, some stuff, but, um, he, you know, he's always eat pretty healthy because Kel's always instilled that. It's just, I think it, like Danica is saying, it's kind of a phase at some point where they're just like, no, I'm over it. I'm just going to do this. I only want to focus on eating that. And 
might come back around. Who knows? Kids have have access to so much more processed food today, mm-hmm. though, than they did even 30 years ago. I hate it. They it's have, crazy. They have bubblers in the vending machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, I mean, I growing up, I had snacks, but it was like you could buy a candy bar and a soda when you went. Yeah. But now it's everything is packaged and they're targeted on YouTube because they don't watch network television like we do, right? Mm-hmm. So they all got their own YouTube channels and it is inundated with all of this crap. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I'm, I didn't know where it was coming from. And the, but you walk through the store, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Cause I'll bring her to the, she's six. And I'll walk through a grocery store with her and she will pick stuff out. I didn't even know existed. I'm like, where'd you hear about that? Have you seen these new like syrups, um, like Captain Crunch blue syrup or something? Yes, for pan- uh, yes, I yeah. did see that. I yeah. haven't seen them, but people have sent me pictures of them. What? I just don't even know. It's yeah. some Franken food thing, right, but it's right. all targeted at kids. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing this. And, and because it's not on television, uh, you know, cartoons on Saturday morning or whatever it was mm-hmm. for whatever generation, you don't even know they're seeing a lot of this. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, so it's, in, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think for families, kids specifically and getting everybody to sit down and get quality nutrition is difficult. It's so difficult. I it agree. is. Yeah. It's crazy. So you have to be really intentional and even then it's yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it, I, you know, it's, a frustration I think a lot of people share, but yeah, you don't see an end in sight right now. And I'm like, well, when is this going to change? Because you don't, you look at the long-term health effects, which we see today, which they weren't thinking of in the 80s when I was growing up and all of this boxed processed stuff was coming out. Mm-hmm. All they knew is it was easy and it was calories. Mm-hmm. And they figured, oh, I'll give the kid enough energy to get through the day. Not thinking about the consequence. Right. Right. Down the road. That's where that standard American diet came from. It was like, oh, well, we'll just focus on A, B, and C and not really taking into consideration what effect that has on everyone. Seriously. And that's where Danica comes in because now she's got a profession that she can discuss with you different ways of, you know, how how to approach nutrition. Real foods can be convenient too. Right. Yeah. What's give, give, give me an example of things you could shop for to have around the house that perhaps kids would enjoy or the whole family could Mm. enjoy that's real food okay so here's a really simple one that we do we hard boil eggs every week and they just sit in the fridge and my kids will get home from sports because this is the other challenge once they get older and they're like driving themselves to and from sports or they have games later in the evening they'll get home and peel a couple eggs and eat that after a game Um, or I'll grab them on my way to work if I don't have time to make a lunch that's something I can just throw them in the shell still in my lunchbox and I can crack them and eat them at work so I love that idea. Um, nuts are another good one. So we love pistachios, raw cashews, walnuts are really good. Um, if you can handle Brazil nuts and you I can, love them. Do you? Yeah, I do love them. Okay. Yeah. So they're rich in a mineral called selenium. Um, especially people who eat a plant-based diet could be low on that mineral. So they're a good thing to add in. Just two a day will get you that. So nuts, eggs, um, if you cut your fruits and vegetables up so that your kids can just grab them out of the fridge and they don't have to do any work because nobody wants to do any work. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That makes that easier too. I'm trying to think of a couple like maybe, well, you said real foods. I mean, there are some packaged foods that can work okay that you can grab and go. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great question. (laughs) Um, Because when I, I don't, do your kid, here's what happens when I'll go pick up Noah first, he's he's off at 2.30, and then at 2.50 at Loyola, I go get Clara 
So when, as soon as they get home at three o'clock, first place they go is the pantry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, they did not feed you at school. <laughs> what is going on? Right. I'm like, why enough, are you, they don't give you enough time to eat yes. at school anymore. Why are you so you, hungry? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So back to the snacks thing, mm-hmm. I always try to keep snacks and I do, I keep things in, in the pantry closet. What are some of the better things to keep them in there? Mm. So I do like the applesauce packets, which oh, yeah. I I've hate got how much waste that is. I know. Yeah. It drives me insane. Every time right. I think about it, because like, well, Jax will have like four of them. And then Romy will now he Romy gets into them and he'll have a two or three of them. And I'm like, yeah. look at all that package. Yeah, they, yeah. they like chug right. them. And then it's a little yeah. plastic top. And then yeah. 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 So that's that's no fun. But again, this is the world we live in. Right. Um pretzel crisps and hummus. If you if you can get your kids to like hummus, that's a great way to let them eat their like salty carb, but then they get some protein and fat with it too. Sure. They're getting a little more nutrition that way. Um, we do sometimes just like a piece of cheese or maybe like a some turkey. Honestly, my husband shot a deer in the fall. So sometimes I'll have a couple slices of deer. And then again, just the fruits and vegetables. I, for packaged foods, there's just not a lot that I would sit here and recommend as being. What about processed good. meat? I, that's one thing I try to stay away. Have you, I mean, yeah. like the nitrates and, and that stuff. Right. Like any, any lunch meat mm-hmm. is not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, unless you roast a turkey breast and slice or, it. yeah, and then you put it in a slicer and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Your odds are that is not good for you. Because I see guys eating that all the time. I'm like, look at all this meat on the sandwich. I'm like, you know what you're putting in your body, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's not good. I think you can find a couple brands that don't have nitrogen. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's really bad, mm-hmm. right? I think mm-hmm. that's one of the top carcinogens, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Nitrates and processed meat is, please, don't at me if you work at Subway or someplace <laughs> else like that, because I get, I get those emails all the time. I understand that there are healthier options at all those places, but yeah, processed meat's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Got it. You, well, now, see, it's we know it's your sister. She can just yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah, come back, chat a little <laughs> I more. I think we could have a lot to talk about. Wait, seriously. Yeah. 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 And especially that I'm, I'm more focused, too, on the mental health aspect, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people. I think that's where they struggle. Mm-hmm. It's hard yeah. for them to just get into that routine and get over that hump. And um, what you eat affects your anxiety for sure. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's been proven. Right. Well, especially what you eat and drink. I think, you know, if I have a night of having a couple more drinks, maybe I should, I definitely feel more anxious the next day. It affects my mental a lot. That anxiety, I remember for me, the anxiety set in at about 3 or 4 a.m. Mm. It's like weird. You wake up, you're mm-hmm. thirsty, right? You get that thirsty, and then I just could never get back to sleep. Yeah. And, man, I tell people, I tell guys this all the time. Give it one year. If you can do that, just go one year with zero alcohol, and I'd be willing to bet you never pick it up again. Yeah, it will. Your, your body, everything will change that much one year and for some reason they're like that's because that seems like an eternity and it's not no it's not it's not right no but odds are if you go one year alcohol free you won't and i was young i mean i understand that right and i was in the service when i was in the marine corps that's all we did was drink and chase girls that was it that was my life for four years (laughs) and then i got out and i got to college and then i started doing rock and i mean i understand that being young like that but man you you pass a certain point in your life if you just set it down for a year and 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 get some exercise, right? Yep. And and try that out. Odds are you'll never ever go back. 
That's I think yeah. because you you have no idea what you would feel like. It, or you'd at least have a healthier relationship with. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure. Back. You look, you start to look back and go, "Man, that was really unsafe," or that was quite a you know right. that that took up a lot a lot of my life and right. consumed a lot of my mental. When right. I went through my um, holistic health coaching training, the leader always said, "People don't know how well they are designed to feel." Because we don't live our lives feeling that great. We do no. things all the time that make us like take us down a notch. And so when you can remove <clears throat> the things that are doing that, you will be amazed. Well, that's what's crazy about the human body, in my opinion. It's like constantly fighting to get you back to a homeostasis mm-hmm. and how well it can do that with some people's living habits. You know, you look at some people and how far off they are from like living, I would say, a, a healthy, stress managed lifestyle. And you're like, man, your body is just like, it's going to town right now to just keep you functioning. Right. You know, and that's just, Seriously. that's just crazy to me because yeah, we don't, uh, we don't take a whole lot of time to try to focus on how we can be helping our body, supporting, you know, be, supporting it to be in homeostasis. You know if, what I mean? If you think about it, if you do everything you can to optimize your performance, yeah. it's just like, a, it's just like a sports car, right? Mm-hmm. It, you, your body is the most amazing machine on the planet. Mm. There's nothing that's even close. Why are you not taking better care of it? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people that all the time. Like when when they're when they ask about, well, what does it cost to get one-on-one individual training? I always use this. The average new car payment in the United States right now is six hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay, that's what you pay. That's average. I know that there's people right. bigger down payments, whatever less, but. The average is 650 if you buy a new vehicle off the lot. You're going to pay on that most likely for four or five years, right? Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of people will. If you're not willing to invest six months or a year of that to get your body mm-hmm. right conditioned, you need to look at your priorities, right? That's insane to me, but yep. they can't think like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, and it's not, a, another thing is, you know, there, uh, there's a lot of this, well, I want to do it for my kids. I want to live longer. I want to be around. I want to see my grandkids and this. I'm like, you're if unless you do this for you, you're not going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. You won't. You yeah. will never stick with it. All of that will be benefit of. You'll right. you'll have those benefits. That's great, right? All product of you taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I tell people, go in there, have that conversation. I mean, what's the number one thing, John, you hear from people when they sit down and you have that consult with them? And they tell, and you ask them, where do you want to, what do you want to do? Where do you want to, where do you want to be? You know, one of the main things that comes back is feel better. You know, like right. I, I want to feel better, um, you know, look better is like a kind of a subsidiary of it. Now I'd say 10 years ago, that was the main focus is I want to look better. And not that there's anything to discount there, but the feeling better for sure. Um, and yeah, you know, like then you get to the motivators and a lot of it, a lot of people like to kind of sidestep what the actual motivation is. And mm. at the end of the day, I mean, if it is, you want to look better naked, that's fine. Right. That, that's that's right. a beautiful thing if that's what you want. Right. So don't feel bad saying that. And people are like, oh, it's probably the vanity goals. Like, cool, vanity <laughs> it all day because what's happening and what's going to come from this is going to be so much bigger than the vanity that oh, yeah. I'm excited if that's what's going to drive it. Right. But you're right. Like they need to want to do it for themselves. Yeah. and. Um, you, you start to, you know, justify it other ways of why you want it, what, what it's going to do for you, how it's going to impact your life different ways. But you know, at, at, at the end of it, you want to make sure that it's 
for the right reasons and that you're seeing those things come out of it. I think that's a huge benefit to having a one-on-one trainer or a coach is that they will help you drill down those reasons, your why behind why you want to do this. And that's what will keep you motivated. Exactly. Like you said, I, uh, and I noticed this once you get to a certain point back to the vanity thing, hypertrophy, right? Yeah. Sculpting your body. Swole. Once you, mm-hmm. but I think most people, once they get into a steady habit of getting in there and putting the work in and they start to see change, then they accept that as a challenge to be like, how far can I take this? Because yeah. I want, I want, I, I, it, listen, if you look good, you feel good, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think what, like you said, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better. Even when if you're older and you just want to keep your clothes on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, yes. seriously, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better. But yeah, I, I think the overall benefit, again, it's what's happening on the inside, you know, it's and the, the emotionally as well, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, so huge. more of like your approach, Danica, um, is taking more of that holistic and behavioral approach, right? I mean, mm. a little bit more about your training. Um, sure. Well, Recently, I've been training more on the behaviors um, that keep us from reaching our goals and what drives those behaviors. And usually there's some subconscious belief or experience underneath that that's driving the behaviors that keep you from your goals. Um, So part of what we do in health coaching is some real work that takes a while to dig deeper and look at emotions, um, stress reactions, and then the protections that we have in place that keep us away from those bad emotions or those risks that are underlying. And when we get to that, that's what allows us to kind of create that space between, oh, I eat the sugar every day after work because I feel like I deserve it because I worked hard every day and sacrificed. Um, Then people become aware of that and they can think, well, maybe I deserve to go for a walk because that actually makes me feel good and that's what I want. So it almost sounds like you're describing like hypnotherapy type. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not hypnotic. Okay. No, but I mean, when I say hypnotherapy, they don't actually get somebody hypnotized. Right. Right. But they, they get to the root of the problem. Right. They get them to think about that. Like exactly Mm -hmm. just what you were talking about. I had, I had a, yeah, I had a hypnotherapist in here a couple of months ago. Yes. That is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And we have certain kinds of questions that we ask and, um, Again, it, it takes like three months to get through that whole portion. Where do you, I'm dying to find, where do you do, where do you do this at? I'll, if somebody comes to you and they yeah. say, I want, I want to do this. They could book a consult with me through JP Fitness and we would spend 30 minutes for free just talking about their goals okay. and how we would approach that. And then um, we would meet either at JP Fitness or virtually and work on stuff that they want to work on. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause that's where it starts, mm-hmm. right? It really does. It's up. Again, I talked to that hypnotherapist. That's exactly what you were talking about, getting down to the root of the problem, right? Because there's something I like. I, I equate that to people that drink too much. I'm like, it's not just the alcohol. There's something else, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's the way that you're feeling on that alcohol that's keeping you from yeah. feeling what is actually causing whatever yeah. problem and why you're deciding to do that. And I think um, I think that's huge where... Everyone, like we talked about, just wants like the the secret pill, you know, something that's going to allow them to kind of mask what is actually causing the problem. Like, well, if you just tell me what to eat, I'll be okay. And maybe sometimes that works and some people like the food plan, but ultimately, yeah, let's figure out what your relationship with food is and what's driving you to to be in the spot that you are feeling unhealthy or, or being in an unhealthy spot. Right. 
your relationship with it is hitting the nail on the head right there. You have to examine that and the relationship with food. It could be with food. It could be with alcohol. Alcohol could be or, with work. I mean, right. really, it's anything that you could be with your body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's cool. And if somebody would like to, because you, I'll say this: if you start there, odds are they're going to be able to continue with the actual physical portion of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't fix your head, mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. you're not going to finish. And when vice it comes versa, to going to the people gym. that have been working right. out of the gym and they're like, man, I've been doing this for a month or two months and I really wanted to lose weight. Why am I not losing weight? And it's, to me, it's bigger than that. Like, yes, maybe, you know, you need to to drop some pounds because it's too much on your frame or, you know, you don't feel comfortable in your own skin. So what do we got to do differently? You know, how, how can we approach you differently than for me, if I have half hour, 45 minutes, an hour with you, I'm trying to get as much strength training in as I can. I'm trying to do some conditioning. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm trying to show you this is a fun place to be that you can work on yourself that, and I don't have the, you know, the education or the approach or, or the knowledge that it takes to, to reach somebody on that level. And I think that's where it's really helpful to have someone like Danica come in and can have that approach. Well, it's one-on-one mm-hmm. except for it's not necessarily in their lifting weights, right? Yep. It's working your mind. Right, mm-hmm. which is so important. That would I told you that last summer. I said the difference is the individual training. Yeah, I'm not kidding. There, I through 30 years of broadcast, and I built. I was a production director. I built campaigns for everybody. Right. It started with uh, L.A. weight loss, which transitioned into. I'm not going to give the names out because I don't want to bash individual businesses. It's all the same stuff. It is. It's literally, I mean, South Beach, Keto, you can go and I can go and just, and you, the one constant in today's society is that diet. You'll, you can sell that. If you want to get rich, make up a diet because mm-hmm. they'll buy it because you're selling them hope is yeah. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they'll lose some weight and a year later you'll see them and they're right back where they started. Mm-hmm. And it's that constant cycle, that vicious cycle, right? Mm-hmm. But when you get in there and you put the work in and you have somebody that knows you as an individual, cause it's not a one size fits all. I think that's where they fail. Mm-hmm. You know, they, everybody's, they, they lump everybody into the one bucket and that's not the way it is. Everybody's different. Yep. And when you work with an individual trainer or perhaps like you, right? you'll learn them as an individual. That's the, that's the key. That's what changed it for me. I tried a million different things. I did endorsements for, I can't even count them, right? Over the 30 year period. And it was up, down, up, down, up, down. It's the individual training because everybody's different. And and until they experience it, well, Jess even said the same thing, right? Yep. You have to, you have to start there. You gotta get a little program of something to do on your own that focuses on what you need. And that latest, the latest uh, plans that you put together, I like it because it's straightforward approach to it. Yep. This is what you're going to get, and this is what you're going to do. Yep. And I, I tell this to everybody: you're not going to walk into the gym, and they're not going to sprinkle fairy dust on you twice a week, <laughs> and then you're going to go home, and all of a sudden come back in a year, and you're going to look brilliant. <laughs> it's right. not, that's not how it works. They'll give you all the resources and all the knowledge that you need. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to yeah. to put the work in. Correct. Right. So that's how it goes. But uh, anyways, I'm going to, I told you I would do this. I'm going to have to get a picture of eventually. Cause yeah. when I came to see you one year ago, I was a sorry sack of shit. <laughs> I mean, I was in bed. <laughs> well, you were there, right? Yep. I was like, oh my God. You know, 
again, now you're looking at me like, don't have that attitude. I'm like, <laughs> I, I grew up with a dad who was a foot in your ass type guy. And then I got from that into the Marine Corps. They were all foot in your ass type guys. So I've embraced that approach through my life. And I like people who just no nonsense, straightforward, no excuses, get after it. So uh, that's what I did, right? I'm like, yeah, 100%. When I get into something, I'm going. I'm going to go, no excuses. So, but uh, yeah, the change is just, it's incredible. The people say that you can't age in reverse, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. They don't. I mean, that sounds bizarre you're, to them. Yeah, you're a different person completely when you're coming in the gym with, I think, your confidence, knowing what you're doing, obviously how you look. But it, it yeah. But because I, I still tell people this, I don't really know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I know and have access to people who do. Mm-hmm. Like Chris, when my shoulder, I messed that up when I was young, playing baseball, right? And I've dealt with it my whole life. And he finally introduced me to an exercise with the band and the kettleball on, laid back on a bench. Yep. Have you familiar with that? Yeah, stabilization. Yes. Yep. And now I, I can actually do dumbbell bench press with no pain or discomfort. I don't feel like my left shoulder is going to quit on me because it wasn't even about pain at some point. It was just like, it's it's not, it won't go. Yeah. Well, I had a client today that I just, you know, we're getting more into this hybrid where we're coaching some up trainer or some clients and they're not just stuck with me, right? Like Chris right. might train, I might train them vice versa, everyone else in the studio, which is nice. And one client I had today, we were doing like lateral raises and I saw his left arm just start moving differently. And it just looked awkward in comparison. You know, he couldn't get the range of motion I was looking for. So it was just, what happened? What did you injure your left shoulder at some point? And he's like, you know, actually, yeah, last year when I was working with said trainer, I, I heard it on bench and I just went through like two more reps through this pain. And since then it hasn't been normal. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're totally favoring your external rotator cuff. And so now we need to start focusing on how to strengthen that. Right. And if he didn't have individual attention, yes. he wouldn't have known. No. And another thing I learned is you're going to you're going to have you're going to get dinged. Yeah. It just happens. It's just like everything else in life, you're going to come up with an injury. The key is don't go home and lay on your couch <laughs> right. and wait for it to heal. Yeah. That is not how it worked. I learned that last like when I got started in my lower back and it was like I got in there and I started working it rolling around on the ball, right? And doing stretching exercises and stuff. And sure enough, it wasn't two weeks later, I was right back to where I was. Yeah. And then a couple of months ago, I got I got a little cocky because I was <laughs> I got some of them heavier dumbbells and I, and I got with some curls and I hurt my arm. And I was like, God, I, I pushed myself a little too hard, too fast. Yeah. You know, and you can't do things like that. But now you work it back, right? And it mm-hmm. takes time. But you you got you got to work it back. Don't go home and just sit and do nothing. Well, a lot of that research coming out right now is about <clears throat> um, restorative movement and like how icing like icing still has a place. I do think it still helps with the recovery, but a lot of it is how you can move that area and still help repair it without just rest and ice. Like the rice model is kind of phasing out as much as I've. What's rice? Uh, rest, ice, compression, elevation. I'd never heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like one of the one of the I think the main things that I learned through like my athletic injuries courses through my exercise science degree. I mean, that's the big thing is well, you got an injury, rest, ice it, put compression on it, and elevate it. And that I think I think it still has a place. I don't think it's something that's gonna like ever go away. But they're talking more about how you can now um, get on your recovery quicker by actually going through you know subtle movements or things that you need to do to help. Um, promote blood flow there and uh, activate it without just, you know, putting a compression on it and ice on it. The more I've dug into that, what you just said, create blood flow to that area. 
that's the key. That's yeah. what I've learned that, that has helped, right? To keep moving. Like when yeah. I hurt my bicep and I started, it was like, we get find exercises that don't hurt yep. and it, and start light and just keep moving it. You got to keep moving it. And again, and you'll, you'll get your strength back. And then yeah, not one, to get too off topic, but like BFR training, have you ever heard of that? No. And actually I was talking with a physical therapist about it. And that's a big thing now too, that he said is that he sees a lot of like great results with it, but it was blood flow restriction. So you had all these bodybuilders back in, I mean, probably like 2010, right around that area is like, you're you essentially taking like elastic bands and cutting off almost what seemed like blood flow to that area. So it started to pool blood in that area. You know what I mean? You just right. put tight bands right across. Your, let's say for a good example is right above your bicep and then doing bicep curls. And it's supposed to help with like the growth and the size and vascularity in that area. And they're using stuff like that in rehabilitative. Really? Now too. Yeah. Wow. Because back then, I'm like, wow, that's a gimmick. That's something that's going to fade out. Yeah, like, right. Here we are. I'm that's crazy. I've learned this, you know, and this is a term that you're familiar with, is guys that run gear. You know, everybody's like, oh, and I won't. I mean, obviously, I've had that conversation with my doctor. He goes, you're not 20 and you're not in competition. Don't do that <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. You, and plus, you, what you're doing to your body is gonna, it's not going to bode well in the long run. But I've learned this about those guys that I, that I know and follow nobody knows the body and muscle groups and how to get them to grow better than those guys minus the gear they have to put in the work and they know their body and that physique better i mean sure they're the some of the most knowledgeable guys out there sure yeah. so you just take the gear away from them and just listen to them and they'll tell you how to work a muscle yeah that's incredible they're they're they're, they're smart in the sense that they can work out don't do the drugs yeah, right. I tell. I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. The trembolone sandwiches are not <laughs> not the way to go. Oh, dang it. I know it's, but it's that's the quick fix that everybody's looking oh, for, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I sure. I'll I'll admit, I I started looking at those peptides and that TRT and all that stuff, and after visiting with my doctor, he was like, "Dude, you you understand what that does to you long term? Granted, you will grow quickly, and but you got to think." You'll get there. It's just going to take longer. Well, and it goes back to the, the mental side of things and th trying to phase away from, I think, what the the image of what fitness is that started in the 90s and went through the 2000s of you need to be this yes. four to 6% body fat. You oh, need God. to be all vast. You need to be jacked. And, That's not healthy, is it? And, no, it's not. And I, I think, I think in, in a sense, you need to highlight more of – um, you, someone that's right around like probably 10 to 15% body fat, someone that is still working out that's strong, that has a healthy relationship with their body. That's what needs to be highlighted and not, oh, look at this. I got a six pack with just sitting here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To me, that's great and all, but it shouldn't be what the focus of what fitness is. From what I understand, to, to, to look like that, you can't, you can't, that's not even sustainable. That's yeah, tough, right? Because that's that, like yeah. that's competition level mm -hmm. stuff, right? Well, yeah, because bodybuilders, you know, in the off season are right between probably 10, 15, 15 to 20 percent. And that's when you're trying to grow. You know, you're only I like that for a certain amount of time. If you're maintaining that, you're right. It's a very stressful, very stressful on your on your body. It's just but, crazy, right? To go down to that mm -hmm. level is just like that. It's yeah. not so. But again, going back to the mind body connection starts with your head. Yep. Right, mm -hmm. it does. I know we we have been chatting a while, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, Holy smoke! A minute. That's All right, right. No, that's well, we can have you back. All right, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'd be a, happy to. I love this. I, I love your approach. More, more yeah, with the holistic 
approach. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a hundred percent. If you want to narrow all the demographics down, our, our audience is mainly 30 to about 60. You want to get even closer in that? You want to get into the bullseye? It's women 35 to 45. Mm. That's our demo, right? Mm-hmm. And they want, and they're at that point in their lives where a lot of them are looking for change mm-hmm. and uh, just looking to, I mean, improve, I think. You know, it's just, and when I say that, not that they're in a bad spot, but just doing things that they can do, that they, that they have control over. Right. Women in that age range definitely need to not jump on the hottest diet trend. Right. Oh God, don't yeah. get me started on that. I know it's, that's yeah. why, are you familiar with this Ozempic thing that, that people are doing? I'm somewhat familiar. I haven't been diving into well, it. Well, I'm going to have next week, I've got, I've lined up a, a doctor from Mayo going to come out and he's going to, she, it's going to break it down. <laughs> and it's, you know, that it's that people get off the quick fix thing because mm-hmm. that's not it, really? it's never lasts it right. never lasts well thanks for stopping by thanks for having us i appreciate yeah. it keep me a little company while jess is uh in nashville having all the fun yeah right she, <laughs> we're having fun this we are yeah. we are having fun yeah. all right again i'm telling you we have a link on our website jp fitness just click on that set up the one-on-one consult and then get the one-on-one individual training mm-hmm. it's not the latest fad diet. This is a long term. This is a life changing event. Treat mm-hmm. yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. Seriously, you're wor- you are worth it. Just remember that. All right, we'll be back tomorrow morning with another episode.